1: Sean, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.
2: Of the National Football League. Here we go, the game on the line, the snow
3: is flying, the kick is up, the kick is good! The Bills win it 32-29 fourth down from midfield to the
4: 10-5 touchdown to try to tie the game on the last play of regulation. It's no good and the Jets fall agonizingly short. In the NFL man no matter what your record is the margin of winning and losing is so small. 10-5 touchdown
3: to win the game at overtime. Throws it over the middle.
4: That's intercepted into the end zone, and the Jaguars have beaten the Cowboys in overtime. Ramondre Stevenson pitches it backwards. Kobe Myers spinning around, he throws it
5: to Chandler Jones in midfield. We've seen our fair share of things, but I have not seen that one. Towards the end zone, Yes! has Oh my goodness!
6: What is good, everybody? Welcome to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max with Keyshawn Johnson, Courtney Cronin, and Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Series X and Channel 80, ESPNU and ESPN2 presented by Progressive Insurance. What's going on, my good people? How's everybody doing this morning?
7: Good How early. Are you doing?
3: morning, Courtney. Morning, morning Freddie. Morning, sir. You say you morning. up early?
7: Yeah, I, mean, I just finished up my game coverage, what, like four or five hours ago? And uh-huh. now I'm rolling here with you guys this morning. Get, so I'm get
3: used to it, though. Yeah, exactly. We're going to
7: be here all week.
6: That's right, because Dark 30 comes early, as Keyshaw yeah. will tell you. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I Yeah,
3: I was – I was. I was uh, as soon as the game was over, I was in bed.
4: So.
6: Yeah? Which one, the Giants on Washington
3: game? Yeah, Giants-Washington, I was in bed. But I, I said, you know what, I'm going to hold out. I'm, a holdout. I'm uh-huh. not going to bed in the third quarter. I'm okay. just going to hang in there and yeah. watch the game. Yeah,
6: and- you did one of my numbers then. That's exactly what you did. Pulling it off. Look at you! That's commitment. I like that. He's got the smile you, you, going and everything. You have to. Yeah. I well, mean, well, yeah. Well, some people don't it was a realize good, it was that. A, I
3: mean, it was it, it was a good game for me. I mean, I, I you know, it was, mm-hmm. I have no rooting interest in either team, mm-hmm. but it's a good game to be able to watch to see if the Commanders really wanted to get at it or okay. the Giants wanted to close the deal so they could be one game closer to clinching.
6: I look at the Giants this way, and I'm glad you mentioned that because Daniel Jones gets a lot of flack, and I think he's reduced that flack a lot, Courtney and Keyshawn, in terms of when proper coaching happens and he's responded to that proper coaching. You can say the same thing with Taylor Heineke, what he's been able to do. But that game, and Key, and Courtney, you know this from from covering football, being part of the NFL, when you have old-style NFC games like that and people complain about the officials, I don't think that's necessarily bad for the National Football League.
7: No, I don't either, but I don't think Washington can blame everything on the no-calls that they got, the no-calls from the fourth quarter and especially the legal formation that nullified the touchdown. I mean, you've got to go back earlier into this game and think about what didn't happen when they were in the midst of, you know, winning six of seven, it's because they were forcing turnovers. They didn't do that last night and they didn't put any pressure or couldn't get any pressure on Daniel Jones. So I think it boils down to a lot more than what happened in that final sequence. I know that Ron Rivera didn't really want to talk about the penalties. Neither did Terry McLaurin, mm-hmm. but it's uh, this one. The Giants needed this because remember a yep. couple of weeks ago, Last time these two teams played, last time Washington saw a football team was the New York Giants because they had that week 14 bye sandwiched in between these two meetings. That game ended in a tie. So the implications that came with this one from the tiebreaker alone were massive. And, yeah, Washington controls its destiny, guys. The rest of the way is the seven seed, but it's not going to be easy. They've got Detroit. Still on the schedule, Um, you know, in, in there's still like, you know, a half game back here, but my goodness, the implications that come going forward in the NFC East, seeing that as all four teams are still somehow in the playoff picture, is pretty wild.
3: Yeah, it is. While, you know, the, the commanders control their own destiny, essentially the Giants control their own destiny. They need a couple of losses and if they win one of the next three, then they get in and you know, it started a season, if you're a Giants fan or you Giants coach staff, this was an evaluation year for the New York Giants. This was not a, oh, we're going to the playoffs. This was a straight-up evaluation year, and now they find themselves knocking on the door of getting into the playoffs, and at the same time, they can still have an evaluation year and evaluate the talent that they want to bring back in the 2023 year.
6: And you look at Washington, you mentioned the commanders, Courtney, and it's a great point in terms they can't blame the officiating. And Ron Rivera, the head coach, was asked about that, and he did everything he could to not blame the officiating at the end of the game.
5: The call on Terry, Terry seemed pretty adamant he had pointed his hand out to the ref. What, what was the explanation? What did you guys
1: see on, on the film?
6: Looked like Terry pointed
1: That's his hand exactly to the ref. That's exactly what I thought, too. Thank you.
5: And I got to ask about the Curtis one as well, um, fourth a, 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 the fourth down. Fourth uh, a... Yeah, I mean, I, again yeah. –
6: in fact, don't ask
2: me about the referee because I can't answer the question.
6: Yep, Ron Rivera was like, look, stay out of my bank account, stay out of my pocketbook. You're not even trying to get me with a loaded question. And whether you want the DPI or not want the DPI in the end zone, it's such it's like blocking charge in basketball now. Where we don't know what their determination is. But I thought Terry McLaurin signaled to the referee, Keyshawn, that he was on the line saying I'm on the line here and then also they called that foul that took away a touchdown and a potential tying situation again involving Washington versus New York.
3: You know, it, it 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 looked like he was on the line to me, just looking I I didn't I don't care about the pointing or whatnot. It just looked like from the from the angle and the view hadn't played the position that he was straddling right on the right on the line with the tackle. But whatever the referee saw it just doesn't make sense to me that you see the guy pointing. Mm-hmm. You know he's lined up. He's not going to be perfect. The line's not going to be perfect. <laughs> as long as he's straddling it just enough, then it's good. I mean, if he's not five yards in the backfield and he's right on the heels of the tackle of the tight end, you know damn well he's lined up correctly. But I guess they felt that that wasn't the case. Now, at the end of the game, Dornay Holmes, which is my godson, by the way. Really? Yes, it's my godson. This ought to be good. He he, uh, you know, he did what he's supposed to do. Let's just say that it it, it was a bang bang play for the referees. I'm sure. When you look at it in full speed, it may have it may not look like a pass interference, but at the end of the day, that was a little bit of a, a pass interference. They they kind of got away with that one.
6: Not kind of. They did get away with it. Well, yeah, they, they got away with no, they, it. Yeah, they, come on. Put it this way. Keyshawn J. Will and Max. Keyshawn Johnson, Courtney Cronin, Freddie Coleman on ESPN Radio. If you're the Washington Commanders and you look at the rest of their schedule, Courtney, you brought this up.
3: <laughs> Darnay's looking around after yeah,
6: the plate. He, he, <laughs> the guilty will always tell you that they're guilty. The minute he didn't see a flag come out of the back pocket, he went, "Woo, got away with that one because that was the immediate reaction when I saw that. He said he, even he knows he was there early. But if you're watching, you got the 49ers on the road against those bloodthirsty pirates on defense, and Brock Purdy, as I I like to say, Purdy, Brock Purdy, a quarterback. Then you got Cleveland, and you got the Cowboys. Both of those games at home. Corey, you mentioned about the New York Giants and their schedule. All of a sudden, a team that no one thought would even win five games this year—they're eight, five, and one. The rest of their schedule, they have the Vikings at at Minnesota, home versus Indianapolis, and at Philadelphia. And the Eagles may not play any bite of consequence. They're going to be the number one seed in the NFC. All of a sudden, a schedule may be breaking right for the Giants that no one thought we would say that about that team before the season got started.
7: Yeah, and I mean, like, let's, I mean, we're, we're talking a lot about the penalties that were not called and some of the issues for Washington inside the red zone on that final drive for them. Can we not give a little credit to the Giants' defense? Re, Washington ran eight plays within that stretch. And they didn't reach inside the end zone. I mean, I know that some people are going to blame officiating for that, but I think that was a pretty good goal line stand, any way you spill it, for the New York Giants. And, and Freddie, to your point about the way that the schedule's breaking for them, I don't know because Minnesota's tough, and I would like to see them take down Minnesota to you know prove that they are a worthy playoff team because okay. there are people like people who poke holes in Minnesota's record, which you know rightfully so considering it took them you know, an overtime win to beat a, four, a formerly 4-8-1 and one Colts team who the Giants face two weeks after that. Like, I need to see the Giants do something to cement themselves as a legitimate playoff contender. And if you do it against Minnesota this week, I think that that answers that question. I just have to go back to what happened, though, early on in this game and it was a moment for me where I was ready to go ahead and give Daniel Jones his contract extension. That 18 okay. play, 97, 98 yard drive yard at drive. the end of the second quarter yeah. that was capped off with that three yard touchdown run by Saquon Barkley. What happened with that offense in, in that stretch? Like, that's the Giants of a couple months ago, the ones that were surprising you with their personnel and whoever they were using, because I didn't, I had to look at a depth chart yesterday in the middle of the game to figure out who some of these receivers were, but the fact that you're throwing the ball on a fourth and nine, passing up a field goal opportunity because you're so confident that Daniel Jones can deliver, that says a lot to me right there about the way that this offense is humming because most people look at this group and they say they have two players, two players on offense that you should be remotely concerned with, Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones. I think that they really answered the call on that last night and gave people a little something else that they haven't been showing, especially in these last couple division losses and ties that they had the last few weeks.
6: Word of advice to the New York Giants, don't go 33 nothing against Minnesota. It will not end well for you if you decide to pull any kind of maneuver like that. You can be a part of Keyshawn, Jalen, Max Nation. Do that in a Dr. Pepper. Call in line. 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. By the by, ESPN Nation presented by Dr. Pepper. And ain't college football season. Are Dan Jones getting his money season without a delicious taste in ice cold Dr. Pepper? The one fans deserve. We're 20 minutes away from finding out exactly what Tom Brady and Tampa Bay should do with each other. That comes with in 20 minutes on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. And we're still trying to figure out what in the hell happened at the end of Patriots and Raiders in Las Vegas. Craziness. It's, it's craziness does not even begin to describe it. But we'll try to do that next on ESPN Radio and ESPN2. Listen to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max
1: live everywhere you are. Download the ESPN app. Tap the More tab on the bottom right. Scroll down and tap Live Radio.
0: all without hidden fees or exchange rate markups. Minimum fees, maximum ease, full speed. Join 16 million customers and learn how the WISE account could work for you by downloading the app or visiting wise.com slash unsportsmanlike.
4: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. So what's the first thing you do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go visit your parents, hang out with friends and catch a movie? They're all solid options, but what about devoting time to yourself? maybe taking up a personal hobby you've put off with everything in your life that you handle, work, picking the kids up from school, running errands, you never really get enough me time. The best way to squeeze that time into your schedule is to first understand your own personal value and then make yourself a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Prioritizing mental health is an important part of my life, Let BetterHelp empower you to be the best version of yourself and guide you along the journey of becoming a better you. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's slash unsportsmanlike.
3: Seen some, our fair share of things happen, right? Um, but I have not seen that one. Yeah, I got to tackle the guy I mean, it's on me and it's my fault. Drops it
5: behind it to Jacoby Myers who circles and laterals it and it's intercepted by the Raiders.
1: Obviously, we got to do a better job playing situational football and not making critical mistakes in the game.
6: I do not think it's going to be a good Christmas week for Bill Belichick <laughs> after what he saw on Sunday involving his Patriots and Lateral Gate, or as they're calling it now, the Sin City Miracle. With Keyshawn Johnson, Courtney Cronin, I'm Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us on Keyshawn J. Will and Max on ESPN Radio the ESPN app, and ESPNU. Don't forget to click more in the lower right-hand corner, then scroll down to live radio, and that's where you can find us. All right, I'm going to let the lady go first on this one because Courtney does a great job, part of ESPN NFL Nation, covering the Chicago Bears. So I don't know if you saw it live. Because I'm sure you had plenty of things to do after you probably had a chance to thaw for about 35 to 40 minutes. I'm sure after everybody's coffee turned into an ice brick watching the Bears versus the Philadelphia Eagles. So, Courtney, instant reaction. When you saw all of that, Involving a Bill Belichick team, floor is yours.
7: So I was actually talking with Shannon Penn, our producer. I was out in the hallway of the press box at Soldier Field kind of going over today's show and what we are going to expect. So I get off the phone and I walk back in. And we have some of the TVs on there for the afternoon slate of games as we're finishing up writing and I walk back into the play right before the lateral. And I go sit down. I'm like, all right, this game's going to overtime. You know, they'll do something here, but it's going to be non. It's going to be inconsequential. And then I see the play happen, and I see Ramondre Stevenson running, and then chucking the ball behind him on the lateral, and then Jacoby Myers doing the same thing after a couple moments, trying to pass the ball or lateral the ball to Mac Jones is what we found out the explanation was. Hmm. And as all of this is going down in my head, I'm thinking, why did you not just take a knee? Why didn't you just get down? Because this is the most basic thing in football. Like, you're going to overtime there. Don't try to be a hero. And we kind of heard as much from Jacoby Myers afterwards that he was doing too much, trying to make a big play. And, man, I just kept thinking as I watched Chandler Jones take that ball into the end zone, (laughs) what is Bill Belichick going to say (laughs) following (laughs) this? I can't imagine the words that were exchanged or delivered in the locker room from Belichick to his players, but I can imagine they would not be appropriate to be playing on this radio station (laughs) and this television network right now. I just I was I was completely like mystified by this key because how how do you not know to go down there? Like especially when we find out post-game, Patriots players said that this was not something that was part of the game plan. Like, this was all improvised in the moment. I hope but not. Do, do you start – like, do you just start feeling your oats a little bit too much in that moment as a player saying, I'm just going to make something out of nothing and be a hero here? Because that's what it felt like.
3: Well, I, you know, you, you, you first said, why wouldn't you just take a knee right there? So, at the end of games, at the end of halves, right, there's always the defense is in a prevent situation – where the middle of the field is just a giant gaping hole while you could just drive a Mack truck through it. So you tend to run the draw right there. And then the guy gets as much as he can, and that's it, give up, whatever. Stevenson, on the other hand, is a young dude who panics and never been in this situation before. Then Jacoby Myers, on the other hand, once he does that, he now panics because he hasn't been in this situation before and not knowing in his mind, okay, this is situational football. They do this every single day of practice and especially on the weekends on a Saturday or a Friday prior to going to a game they're just going to run the clock out in this situation and that's it and then you play to, to the overtime and I understand you say well just take a knee and let it go to overtime or or you know get down and slide and let it go to overtime whatever the case is they both panicked in this situation mm-hmm. and this is not a Bill Belichick's team <laughs> all year long They've been doing things that make you scratch your head about the way and style in which they play. It's almost like they're, you know, not – I don't want to say undisciplined, but not hearing the traditional Bill Belichick, uh, uh, you know, pep talk, so to speak, game plan. They just kind of start to improvise and do things on their own, both on the offense and the defensive side of the ball, and it's hurt them all
6: year long. Yeah, no doubt about that. And, Courtney, you want to know what Bill Belichick had to say after all of that, <laughs> Bill Belichick, take it. Bill, on the final play over here, I know you said there was a mistake. Um, Jacoby took accountability for that, saying he knows better than to throw the ball back across. Was there any coaching point after you had called the draw
1: to say if you know the play's over, just fall down or go out of bounds?
7: Yeah.
6: So obviously, that would have been better than the result.
4: Was <laughs> that said? Yeah, look, we've talked about situational football. We talk about it every week, but we obviously we've got to do a better job playing situational football and not making critical mistakes in the game.
3: Look, I, I've never, I've never heard this press conference, okay. and I just said exactly what it was. Mm-hmm. Situation. I've been with Bill, and I've been with Bill Parcells, so I know the game plan, Courtney. I know the script. I know what situational football is because I've been in that position many times with them as a coaching staff. You go down. We practice it all the time. Okay, down, down, down. It's over. Live to see another day. Mm -hmm. But for whatever reason, sometimes when you get in the situation, the lights get bright, things get to moving fast. You'll be (laughs) shocked to believe how people just... (laughs) Panic. It just goes into, and they don't stay calm. And that's what you've seen with the two young men. But if, if
7: ball security is like the number one rule in the NFL, why are you willingly giving it up in that moment for a lateral? I know you say like situational football is what they do during. The end of practice, it's during walkthroughs on Saturday. It's the most important part of the game to figure out what happens when something happens in a situation like this. I just don't understand the logic. You can't justify it to me what Ramondre Stevenson did in that moment because he panicked. We're... But I'm panicking really... doesn't lead me to throw a ball behind me. Yes, it does. I, I, it, it, you you cannot justify be... that. Panic you, to you me. Panic. Like,
3: you panic and you say to yourself, Oh, I can make a play. And and instead of just saying, we just did this on Thursday, we just did this on Friday, I need to live to see another day. And then what happens is when Stevenson panics, it now triggers Jacoby to panic, even though Jacoby's played quarterback before, he now panics and doesn't realize it's tied. He loses all train of thought. It's 24-24, it's over with, let me, oh, you know what? I'm just going to throw the ball. Like, it's high school football, and it doesn't really matter. So you think and, they, and they forgot what, what the score of the
7: game was? And you think they forgot the score of the game and didn't look at the clock to see that no, the game it's was not, over? It,
3: it, it's not that they forgot. They knew. Okay, so they knew it was 24-24, right, Courtney? Mm-hmm. But as soon as something happens, all that goes out the door because they panic. Mm-hmm. And they lose everything. It's almost like in other things that people do in life, they know... That they're not supposed to do this, but then they just do it anyway. As soon as something happens, they panic and they get themselves in trouble. And this is kind of one of those situations where they know what they're doing. They've been told a thousand times, but they panic in that moment. If well, that makes sense it to it you. Just, I mean, No,
7: it does. I just like how do you combat this then? How do you combat panicking? I know that this is like you brought up earlier. Like this is not a normal Bill Belichick team. This is not in terms of like the talent discrepancy of teams of old and what the what this roster construction looks like. It doesn't resemble those other great Patriots. But see, Patriots I
3: wouldn't I wouldn't in. put I wouldn't put those two plays right there. I wouldn't put that on the coaching staff at all. That's not I a really wouldn't. I wouldn't
7: either yeah, because, I mean, even though Bill yeah. Belichick didn't really give us much of an answer, it's very clear well, that situational well, he's football He's not going to do emphasized. that anyway.
6: He's not going to give the answers yeah, anyway. He ain't going
3: to tell you. Good or he's, bad. He won't tell you anything. Even if you're standing next to him at the moment, he's just going to look at
4: you.
6: <laughs> One of my former students at where I teach at Marist College of Poughkeepsie, New York, he said, Conor Carpat said, the Patriots outrated the Raiders because that's exactly what happened early at the Christmas end of that game. Yeah, here it is. You know, All the presents under the tree, but not for Bill Belichick and the Patriots. Courtney Cronin, Keyshawn Johnson, Freddie Coleman, part of Keyshawn, J. Will and Max presented by Progressive Insurance. We always want to hear from you. Which team had the most heartbreaking loss this weekend? Was it your team or somebody else's? Hit us up at 888-729-3776. Plus, Jerry Jones, the Cowboys' owner, Warned us about Dak Prescott, and then Dak Prescott made him look like a prophet on Sunday. From your radio
1: to your smart speaker and phone. Now playing ESPN Radio. Or watch on ESPN2. Keyshawn, T. Will, and Max. Live weekday morning, starting at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN2.
2: For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
5: It's demon time on Prize Picks, where you can now win up to 100 times your money. That's right, 100 times your money. With as little as four correct picks, you can turn $10 into $1,000. Demons and goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at prize picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. And as always, PrizePix is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. They even offer injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what make PrizePix the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to prizepix.com morning and use code morning for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepix.com morning code morning for a first deposit match up to $100 prize picks pick more pick less it's that easy
0: why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them with royal caribbean you don't just go to the beach you visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in north america you don't just go for a road trip you atv and zipline through the jungle
6: And we run that no huddle here on Keyshawn J. will and Max with Keyshawn Johnson and Courtney Cronin. I'm Freddie Coleman on ESPN Radio and ESPNU. No huddle brought to you by Omega Accounting Solutions. To scale your free ERC con- consultation, call 800-704-2000. That's 800-704-2000. Or visit omegataxcredits.com. Big Yates, what's first? Bengals at Buccaneers. All right, Key, Joe Burrow those for four touchdowns. Bengals were getting the you-know-what, beating out of them in the first half, down 17-0. They went to 34-23. to All of a sudden, after having a slow start, the Bengals have won six in a row, Burrow finishing 27-39 to for two yards and four touchdowns, and he talked about rising to the challenge in the last four weeks.
3: They have. and You know, the interesting thing is they say uncharacteristic mistakes by Tom Brady. Well, well you we, obviously yeah. haven't been watching <laughs> Tom Brady this year. Look, I think Joe Burrow certainly deserves a lot of the MVP chatter that's going around him. Right now, he just got such a late start that I believe Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes is so far in front of him that it's going to be hard to come up out of, the, out of the third spot to get to number one with not enough games left to play. But the Cincinnati Bengals are going to be a tough out come playoff time for sure.
7: Yeah, I mean, when you blow a 17-point lead if you're Tampa Bay and Tom Brady's making comments about how Cincinnati has a, quote, fairly tough defense. Mm. None of that stands up to the eye test and what we saw happen on Sunday with a furious comeback for the Cincinnati Bengals, giving themselves a little bit more space in the AFC North uh, rankings with this win. And, I mean, they're closing in on what they did ex- at this time last year, except I think this is a better bet- Bengals team than the one that went to the Super Bowl. I mean, right around, it was literally the exact same time, right around now last year, where they were a team that was surging at the right time. And the play that you're getting out of Joe Burrow, like he said, I mean, he's probably the third guy in the MVP mix right now. I think that there's still a little bit too much space between him, Jalen Hurts, and Patrick Mahomes, but man, if he makes a run here down the stretch, he could very well be working his way into that conversation towards week 18, and we might actually have a three-headed race going into that final week of the season.
6: Cody to you, a great road run because everybody talked about the offensive line problem in Cincinnati, but mm-hmm. when you got Joe Mixon, Mixon and Samaji P. Right, running the ball like that, you can really help out your quarterback and help out your defense. Both of those guys have been really, really good in that offense. Big Yates, what's next? Chiefs at Texans. Ho-hum. Kansas City winning the AFC West. Oh, for another year in a row, they beat the Texans in overtime, 30 to 24. I guess everybody struggles with the Texans lately. Derek McKinnon had a 26-yard touchdown run in overtime. The Chiefs getting three touchdown passes from Patrick Mahomes. They overcome two turnovers and a season high 102 penalty yards. Key. They went for the seven time in eight games, and even Patrick Mahomes, real quick, Key said this about winning the AFC West again.
4: I said all the time when we start every single season, the first thing we get told when we first walk in is, "Let's win the AFC West." That's our first goal um, to come in and win the AFC West. We believe it's always a tough division, and obviously with the players they got in the off season, um, it was even tougher. Um, and that, that we accomplished our first goal, um, and so our next goal is to try to establish home field advantage. It's not in our hands, but we can do our best to uh, be ready in case we get that opportunity, um, and to win the Super Bowl. So um, we just kind of continue to get better and better. I mean, obviously we have a lot to learn from this game. Um, but we have to continue to get better as a team. um, So when we go into the playoffs, we're ready to go to try to make a run.
3: This is certainly becoming a boring thing, watching the Kansas City Chiefs every single year, win the AFC West. It reminds me of what the New England Patriots and Bill Belichick, Tom Brady, were able to do for an extended period of time, winning the AFC East every single year. The one thing the Kansas City Chiefs have got to do, though, if they want to be like the New England Patriots, is they've got to start cashing in on Super Bowl victories like Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. This team, I don't understand why people think because they lost Tyreek Hill that they don't still have guys Mm -hmm. that are explosive still have playmakers, and still have a coaching staff that's pretty damn good.
7: Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm confident that they can lock up the number one seed here down the stretch because their games are Seattle, Denver, and Vegas, whereas Buffalo, the only other team that's in contention for that, they still have to face the Bengals, and we know the Bengals are a very tough team here. I'm more concerned about – the turnovers for Kansas City, especially in these last three weeks. The three interceptions that Mahomes threw against Denver last week. They committed a couple turnovers yesterday against a bad Texans team, but at least a team that's playing them in Dallas tough the last few weeks. It's concerning to me because they're minus seven in that turnover margin category, and that's the mark of losing teams. So if they want to figure – Out a long playoff run you got to figure out that issue first because that's uncharacteristic of this team in spite of how good they've been this season in spite of how legendary Patrick Mahomes quarterback play is they don't have that issue in check yet and that worries me
6: I hear when you say about being worried about that but when you're used to being the hunted instead of being the hunter you believe those problems are minute because you've been there before and you'll be able to make that work in a playoff situation compared to everybody else in the AFC.
4: I'm just confused at how the Chiefs can win the AFC West again if the Chargers or the Raiders or the Broncos have all right, improved in easy the offseason. We're going to win the
6: AFC West <laughs> in the easy Super Bowl. The, easy and what, there, King right? yeah. uh-huh. Easy uh-huh. there. Easy there. Hey, a, a little I steel hey. There.
3: hey, James. I know, I didn't no, say no, it. no, I know, not yeah, you. You know, just us. wanted Where, to get it. where's, out there, though. where's uh uh thick neck when we need yeah, it? Where's, where's Scott? Bart Scott?
6: I yeah. thought the, the Chargers were going to win the AFC West. When the Chiefs, Chiefs were finish. Gonna, they weren't when even going to make the playoffs. The Chiefs are going to finish third behind the Raiders game. and the Chargers and everything like that. I can't believe it! I mean, Didn't we think that Denver team. actually
7: hit on its quarterback? I
6: know, too? man. Who, the, those Russell Chiefs, man. Wilson. What a bunch of this overrated the, bums! They turned them over be. the top. That's Bing all. Bong. All right. <laughs> he, no help <laughs> here, Keyshawn. J. Max with Keyshawn Johnson, also Courtney Crona, and a special appearance from James Steele on ESPN Radio and ESPNU. Alan Yates, what's next? Eagles at Bears. Well, we can talk of the MVP conversation, but Courtney Cronin saw the MVP yesterday, in my opinion, come to Jalen Hurts. I know he didn't throw a touchdown pass. He had two interceptions, but he runs for three touchdowns. The Eagles went at 25 to 20. He did complete 22 out of 37 passes so with 315 yards. Justin Fields is going to be good someday. But key, Jalen Hurts is good right now.
3: Very good. And not only on the ground, but in the air. And I know he threw two interceptions. So damn what? Many quarterbacks that have won MVP trophies, in the National Football League have thrown interceptions and no touchdowns in games and having MVP season. So he's no different except the fact that he has his team getting ready to lock up the number one seed in the NFC. I don't even know what to say because (laughs) I'm still puzzled how people had the nerve to think that at the start of the season that they were going to have to go out there and get one of these college quarterbacks in the draft to replace Jalen Hurts or put some pressure on Jalen Hurts, and all he's done is take the NFL by storm over the last two years as a full-time starter.
7: Yeah, I mean, he's the third quarterback in NFL history. Oh, yeah, he had three t-
3: rushing touchdowns yesterday. Yeah,
7: three rushing touchdowns in th- 300 passing yards let that sink in and obviously this <laughs> Eagles team I just I feel like this has happened before against Washington and against the Bears granted they escaped with a win out of Chicago they played down to their competition like sometimes that that just happens but the mark of a good team is that you don't leave anything in doubt at the end that you're able to seal off wins and Jalen Hurts was able to do that by connecting with AJ Brown more in the second half than he was able to early on and you've got to give I mean I know that I'm close to it here because I cover the Chicago Bears but this secondary played its best game of the season yesterday Jalen Johnson usually doesn't get balls thrown his way Mm -hmm. but he was following AJ Brown the entire time and he had three passes defended all of which came against an elite receiver like AJ Brown so it's not like they were going against a bunch of scrubs in the secondary right. you can say what you want about the fact that that team has no pass rush but that was not an easy test for jalen hurts throwing the ball yesterday
6: one of the things about the philadelphia eagles that and i warned people about this about seven eight weeks ago i said man that has the look of a 14 win team appeals so you got to be crazy not a lot of people are laughing about that now with the eagles they cleared number one seed maybe clearly the best team in the nfl last but not least
1: cowboys at jaguars
6: Jerry Jones, the owner of Dallas Cowboys, he warned people on Wednesday that Dak Prescott's interceptions, especially early, were concerning. So what happens yesterday in the loss of Jacksonville Jaguars, a game the Cowboys led 27-10. to 10. Thank you very much. Dak Prescott, two crucial turnovers, including the pick six to end the game in overtime. He has 10 interceptions since his return from injury. That's the most in the NFL he's played in eight games. His four multi-interception games since coming back from the injury, also the most in the NFL. And key, that last one, he'll get the discredit for it, but if you're Nolan Brown, you got to make that play.
3: Yeah, I'm. I'm not putting that one on Dak Prescott. That's a Noah Brown interception. Noah Brown is fading away from the ball. Whenever you're fading away from the ball and not attacking the football, you're going to have uh, things like that happen. When you're body catching, it hit his. It hit his forearms and not his hands. It wasn't the oopsies of dropping from the hands, it was the oopsies of dropping from his forearm. If you look at where he was at parallel to that yard marker, he was at the 50. Okay, he leaning to the 52. That's all on him. That's not on Dak Prescott. But I understand people in the world want to give the credit to Dak Prescott because he does get the INT on his resume. So, look, the Cowboys are in a situation where they got the Philadelphia Eagles coming up. Michael Parsons had a little conversation about the Eagles a week ago. Now he needs to really turn that focus to the Eagles because the Jaguar game is over with.
6: Yeah, no doubt about that. And if you're Dak Prescott, hey, Dak, what's up with the interceptions, especially the one that decided the game against
4: the Jaguars? In, in overtime, uh, crossing route was throwing it low on purpose uh, and just wasn't able to, uh, to make the play and the connection between us two and obviously tips up and guy makes a great catch right there above the ground and ends the game.
7: I don't think Dak Prescott is an interception guy. Like, I know he has 11 on the season right now. His career high is 13, which he set back in 2017. But this is somebody who came into this game with a 1.9% interception rate. That's incredibly low throughout his career. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Russell Wilson—they've all got like that on, on the same on the same level, and that's not it just like something's wrong right now with Dak Prescott in, in like turning the ball over at such a high rate that he is this season. i I think that that will eventually regress to the mean because this is not who he is as a quarterback, but it's certainly alarming because of what you saw last week against the Houston Texans, and then for that to be the play that ended the game, of course that's on the receiver to make the catch I'm with key on that it's I don't I don't I don't want to overreact here and say that these are the issues that are going to plague them in the postseason because I still feel like good teams are able to pull out wins no matter how it happens like what we saw last week against the Texans Mm -hmm. this one was just unfortunate and and the, the Jaguars made a good play there at the end very heads up play on the interception you know Dallas I mean everything to me comes down to this Dallas Eagles game on Christmas Eve, it's the MVP. It's where Jalen Hurts can have his MVP moment, and it's where Dallas can try to even the playing field between themselves and a division opponent.
6: Especially what, in But I would say
3: the three of those interceptions this year, just off the top of my head, uh-huh. two against Green Bay, and that one yesterday, those are on the receivers. Those, those are, And I'm sure if I look at the rest of the interceptions, I probably could discount some again. But yeah. those three yeah. are on those receivers. Well, and yeah.
7: it's a shame that they keep happening in the fourth quarter and overtime sure. of games. Yeah, like that's and, been yeah, the yeah. theme. When that's you mentioned right. Green Bay, that was exactly what happened there. They scored no points in the fourth quarter and overtime, and then happens again yesterday in OT.
6: And when you're 28 14 versus Green Bay and 27 10 on Jacksonville, don't put yourself in a position of people people criticize your interceptions late because you should not have lost those leads in the first place. With Courtney Cronin and Keyshawn Johnson. I'm Freddie Coleman and Keyshawn, J. and Max on ESPN radio, the ESPN app, Sirius Section Channel eighty and ESPN U. People want to weigh in at Triple Eight, say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six but Jerry Jones, the Cowboys owner, warned people, hey these interceptions interceptions, excuse me, are troubling about Dak Prescott, and he had two happen yesterday and that lost to Jacksonville. Mike and Marilyn, what you got my friend? Yeah, and this is
4: uh what have you done lately? For me society, guys, I'm sorry to say. <laughs> and uh I have a new nickname for Mr. Prescott. Give it back Dak.
3: Wow. That's his new name. Give it back Dak. Gosh.
6: Savage coming in hard early there, Key on Dak Prescott, Mike and Marlon. I. Oh,
3: I just can't though. I can't get in I can't get in line with that because when I look at that Noah Brown and I and I understand Dak <laughs> without Dak really throwing him under the bus. He just kind of let you know I threw it low on purpose to protect him Mm -hmm, from the DB on the outside because if I throw it high, the DB is going to collide with him. So now if I throw it low, he's supposed to give way and slide, not give way going the other way. And when that happens, you're going to mess around and it's going to pop out of your forearms into the hands of somebody. And that's exactly what happened. It's just unfortunate.
7: It's unfortunate, too, that this defense, the way that it played yesterday, and also to, to your point, Freddie, about the blown leads that they had against Green Bay, what happened last week, uh, and even allowing a Houston team to hang around with them. And then yesterday, I mean, they blew a 17-point third-quarter lead. Like, that can't happen. When is this yeah. defense going to start playing like itself again?
6: Well, you know, they've, they've gotten banged up. They lost Dorrance Armstrong yesterday, and that guy's been underrated eight-and-a-half sacks from the middle of that defensive line. So I'm not making excuses, but when your front-line guys start getting worn down and has that problem stopping the run, Travis Etienne was gashing them, especially in the second half to help out Trevor Lawrence. At a certain point, you're that defense, you've got to get better against the run because they're going to play a team this week on Christmas Eve in Philadelphia. They are going to run the rock down their throat, not just with Jalen Hurts, but those stable running backs. If they couldn't stop the run yesterday, they could have real problems at home this week on Christmas Eve in Would their you- home field.
3: Did you just see that stat?
6: Oh yeah, I saw Jaguars. it. Jaguar. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, first time they've ever won a game trail by plus seventeen points.
3: One since nineteen ninety five. Mm-hmm. They're one they in twelve when yeah. trailing by yeah. seventeen they, points. Yeah, they, one they, yeah, won. in one twelve.
6: Uh, exactly. Yeah,
3: one win, a hundred and twelve losses. Yeah,
6: yeah. One twelve is great R band, but that's not a number you want if you're Jacksonville God. when it comes to that being one for one twelve. But they say the first hundred and twelve games of doing that are the hardest. JJ and Georgia, my friend, what you got?
3: Hey, hey,
2: quit bringing everything on the dock, man. What about that defense? They, they still have a real bad defense. The
3: defense ain't doing
6: nothing. Well, J.J., not, didn't you just hear us for the last couple of minutes? We said the defense has to play better. Where were you?
3: Well, it. You know what the thing is, is you thought or we thought that when they were having to throw and get back into the game that the defensive line and Michael Parsons and company would fall right in – it fell right into their arms. This is what Dallas is about, mm-hmm. rushing the pass or getting right. after the quarterback, harassing him. And they didn't do that. Nope. They just – they didn't show up to play late in the game, and it hurt them.
7: Yeah, and I mean, I think that to to the point of how porous they've been against the run, that's been – that's been their issue all season long. I mean, you go back to the Green Bay game, you go back a week before that to the Chicago game. Like, they've been given up running rushing yards at a pretty high clip this season and that to me is what would worry me as part of their Achilles heel so to speak on defense especially when you face this Philly team where you're trying to even you know the level of level of uh, you know the playing field here in the mm-hmm. NFC East trying I don't think they're going to catch up to Philadelphia I think there's even with three games remaining there's too much work to be done on that front right but you got to figure out how to stop the run because you very well might be seeing other running quarterbacks or quarterbacks who get posed the threat of that in the post season and other teams that have good running backs too I mean it could be a Saquon Barkley it could be a Dalvin Cook uh San Francisco obviously poses a nice threat of the run too I mean these are other teams in the NFC in the playoff picture that have your biggest weakness on deck
3: you know it, it, I think Courtney they're the fifth seed right now right they the are so five plays Tampa. Tampa. five plays on four Mm-hmm. Five
6: plays moment. four. Yeah, they would play Tampa Bay. If so the they play Tampa. Now.
3: I'm just yeah. trying to see how they would see Philly
6: again. They they probably wouldn't see the if they get the NFC championship, championship game. NFC Championship way. game. Yeah. So yeah.
3: Be the only so, it, it, but it's important though that they come out and they play the way they're supposed to play on Christmas Eve against the Philadelphia Eagles. They got to show mm-hmm. they got to show America again that they're the team from several weeks ago and not the team from the last couple weeks against Houston and Jacksonville. They need to show that they're the team that went into Minnesota or they're the team that had Chicago's number or whatever the case may be. That's the type of team that they got to show on Christmas Eve. Otherwise, they're going to be one and done in the playoffs.
6: Dallas, Georgia win or Keyshawn Jalen and Max about Dak and his issues of the Dallas Cowboys and ESPN Radio and ESPN U.
3: Key up into that game yesterday and that interception wasn't on Dak. That was a bad play by Noah Brown. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, no. We didn't that. No, I didn't say it was on Dak. I explained this to Noah mm-hmm. Brown. There's no question about it. But what happens is the pundits and the people out there, not me and Courtney and Freddie, but people that don't watch football, that don't understand certain things, the first thing they look at is the stat line, and they see two interceptions, and they go, oh, he threw an interception in overtime. They don't really understand the nuances of how that interception occurred. And so I'm trying to explain to everyone why it happened. Here's the problem that you had. And even Dak Prescott himself sort of kind of said, hey, I threw the ball low without saying, hey, I threw it low for a reason. He needs to catch that.
6: I think the one throw that bothered me the most about Dak, other than the pick, was on third and two throwing the ball deep and allowed Jaswell to get the ball back to tie the game with a field goal. That's the throw that bothered me the most. I'm thinking third and two, why are you chucking it 40 yards down the field when you just throw it short, get the first down, get the hell out of there? That's the throw that bothered me more than the interceptions, to be honest with you.
3: Yeah, And, and, and that makes, a lot of times, third and two, third and one, second and one, things like that are, are shot plays. And players are already programmed to take the shot because they figure we might go for it on fourth down or we're going to punt it away.
6: Okay, I'll I'll take that as an explanation. That throw didn't make any sense to me. But I'm I'm saying that's
3: that's
6: what happens. It happens, but I'm thinking that should not happen yesterday. But either way, Jacksonville 40, Cowboys 34, and let the haters get started with that. What team had the most heartbreaking loss this weekend? But are the Bengals the best team in the AFC? That's next on KJM. From
1: your radio to your smart speaker and phone. Now playing ESPN Radio. Or watch on ESPN2. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Live weekday mornings starting at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN2.
5: For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you.
6: Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by.